it's not saying too much to say that Steven Matz is might be the guy who makes or breaks this team. He was their biggest free agent addition. Um, he got the longest amount of commitment. He talked a lot in spring about wanting to be that guy who could give innings. If they're doubling down on their Matt's bet, saying we can buy time until this guy comes back, and he comes back and doesn't produce and doesn't carry, that's going to be twice as bad mm-hmm. because you've given up your ability to weather that storm. And then if those guys don't carry you late, then you've basically done yourself in twice. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the best podcast in baseball, brought to you by Closets by Design. I'm St. Louis Post-Dispatch baseball writer Derek Gould, joined this week once again by the great, ubiquitous Ben Fredrickson, sports columnist for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Ben, let's just start right at the biggest question of all facing the Cardinals coming into the season, and specifically as June begins. Did they learn their lesson from last June where their hold on the division slipped away because they had an innings crisis? Well, hello to you, too. (laughs) Um, That is a heavy question, but it's a fair one. And it sure feels like this team is similar to where it was a year ago. I mean, it's deja vu all over again, right? Um, They like a lot of aspects of their team. They're looking up at the Brewers who are starting to – not race away, but putting some distance in front of the Cardinals in the standings. Meanwhile, the rest of the division is just a rotting carcass for the most part. And and the Cardinals are saying, okay, you know, we're basically trying to piece it together. We're trying to keep our head above float here, above water. And maybe, you know, it kind of depends on how you look at it. Because if you kind of stand to one side and squint, you can say, well, I can kind of see how they might be able to patchwork their way through this. And I can see how if Jack Flaherty and Steven Matz got healthy, they could be fine and be rewarded for their patience. And then you can look at seeing on the other side and squint and go, they are kidding themselves and they are not reacting fast enough. And I think part of that feeling is informed by what we watched last season, where they delayed, delayed, and delayed, and then kind of finally went, okay, yeah, we need to do something. And Remember at the time, it was not, hey, these guys are our answers. It was these guys are better than nothing, which is what we feel like we have now. With the trade deadline, it was like it this was, is about survival, not was, thriving. It was duct tape at the under yeah. the Christmas tree of the trade deadline. It was right. like it's not what you wanted, but surely you can find some use for it. <laughs> yeah. And to those guys' credit, they did that. I mean, Wade LeBlanc, um, John Lester, uh, Jay Happ, happy retirement to Mr. Happ, happy trails. They did that, and they gave the Cardinals a chance to make that 17-game run, the winning streak, and they got and that's kind of again one of those things where they can say we caught our wind and we did those great things. Yeah, you won 17 games in a row, and you didn't win your division, and you left your postseason up to a coin flip mm-hmm. because you waited too long to address the innings. And the question is, have they learned from it? I'm sure that they will be more proactive than they were will they be proactive enough will they be as proactive as their fans want them to be probably not but some of that's going to depend on how quickly they think Flaherty can be here and how quickly they think Matt's can be back and it sounds like you know we're recording this on a what is it today a Tuesday it sounds like they think that Matt's might be back sooner than maybe sooner than they initially thought yeah, so Matt's is going to throw twice over the weekend likely at Wrigley Field probably tag along um, they haven't made that decision. 
uh, officially whether or not he needs to pack. But their trend is that you know to bring him along, have him throw twice during the stay there at Wrigley, where they play five games in four days against the Cubs. And then make a decision as to how he feels after that, whether or not he has a rehab appearance or uh, his next appearance is right there in the majors. For the other guys, um, Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill, Jordan Hicks, and Jack Flaherty, they're all going to see some time in the minors before they return to the active roster. So the, the clue that they will be back will be when they go off on the rehab assignment. Now, Flaherty's is going to be like spring training. Uh, you know, they don't have the luxury of the expanded roster, so they're not going to build him on the go while being in the majors. That seems to be the case. That also seems to be targeted for Flaherty to be very cautious, as they have been this entire time with him. So does that mean that he's an all-star break at the best because he's not out on a rehab assignment and a rehab assignment is going to mirror spring training so does he get four rehab starts and then look at that i don't i don't know you're not going to see him before i would say july well, july really the earliest yeah so all-star late break is wrong very early so late so all-star break i have to kind of reconfigure i should apologize to listeners because the all-star break is later than normal it's in late july so yeah go with that july 1st but matt's coming back and giving five innings could be significant if he can give you five so it sounds like he's going to be <laughs> at least somewhat limited best case scenario he's back soon but they might still be having him kind of try to inch things up as he goes a little bit and see how much he can give you to start hicks when he comes back he sounds like he's they're gearing him to go be the next guy up in the minors mm-hmm. if they want to keep him on this starter schedule I, I think he comes back as a reliever maybe a multi-inning reliever um frees up palante to be a multi-inning guy you know the one outcome of this and need, one way for them it's a need too right one way it need based and need yeah. uh one way to look at this is that they might be better positioned. They can make the argument they're better positioned today than they were a year ago when the cascade of injuries and the you know crater of innings happened because they are more creative with their long relievers. You know, they, their ability to, say, go into Wrigley Field for that doubleheader and say, okay, we could start packing Naughton or Angel Rondon, get three from them, get three from Plante, get three from Verhagen and try to win that way. Their willingness to try that gives them a lot, gives them the argument that they're better positioned. That's certainly a difference between, there are a lot of similarities between this team and last year's team, but their versatility and their willingness to to get weird is higher. We've seen that from the start mm-hmm. of spring training, the willingness to use Jordan Hicks and in a, you know, it's funny, the Cardinals, it's an opener, but the Cardinals don't like to call it that. I mean, they, Ali tells us the other day that Packy Naughton was going to go through the lineup once, but if you ask the Cardinals if they have an opener, they tell you no. Well, that is exactly what an opener <laughs> yeah. is supposed to do. So if it, if it looks like an opener and pitches like an opener and is pulled from the game like an opener and walks like an opener, it's an opener, they're, they're more willing to do that now. So that's part of it, right? I personally wish, I mean, it's easy for me to say, I wish they would look at their rotation now where it's Miles Michaelis, Adam Wainwright, Dakota Hudson, you know, Libertor, who's brand new and basically a, a question mark or, or spin the carousel with hopes of Matt's coming back healthy and hopes of Flaherty coming back healthy and say there's room in this group to add add something. 
And whether that's a you know a guy who's down and out like a Dallas Keuchel or some sort of a trade that doesn't remove your top prospects, they're adding something to this mix would add a little more security. It feels like, and also prove that that they didn't. Uh, they're not ignoring those those echoes of last season. Maybe I'm caught up on on Keuchel, um, but a lot of fans look at the numbers and say, no, that's there's nothing to that. But the more you look at it, the more I think. Unless the Cardinals have intel that think he's not healthy or that he's just he's just spent, I think he might be worth a shot. Left-handed, he is a high ground ball rate guy playing in front of a terrible defense. The Cardinals turn a lot of ground balls into outs. They're in a pitcher's park. There's a lot there to say, hey, if you wanted to give Keuchel a shot and you didn't think he was a negative to your uh, to your clubhouse, then. I, I could see him bring him in and say, "Hey, here's your shot." And if it doesn't work, they, they cut him, get rid of him, you know. And if those guys come back healthy and they push him out, that's a great problem to have. Mm-hmm. But he's not—he's uh, not so far gone that he couldn't help a team. I kind of wonder if the Cardinals should give him a shot. He's kind of Wade LeBlanc-like in a way. He's a lot Wade LeBlanc-like. Um, he worked out pretty well. It was necessary. He did his job. He bought them time. He just was 21 days too late, right? I mean, that's kind of where where it was. You know, he came in. It's kind of lost in it because he arrived during that the 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 offensive identity crisis that led to the 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 meetings that got prickly and argumentative, and then but had benefit, right? Like changed the look of the lineup and changed the the production from the offense. He was all at that same time that he was able to you know join the team. But what he did was he brought like stability every fifth day. Even if it was only like, hey, he's going to go out there and log five innings, that was so valuable to them. So if that can be Keuchel or if that can be somebody, then you know they just need that that one certainty to avoid pushing the bullpen into one game so that it's not there the next, then it's not there the next. And that's how what happened last year is it came unraveled, right? Let's I'll t- I'll get in the Wayback Machine and take people back to Dodger Stadium right there, May 31st, 2021. Jack Flaherty hurts his oblique during what was an impressive start and an impressive game right there. I mean, he is zooming towards his first All-Star appearance wherever the All-Star game was going to be held. Um, He is on his way toward it. Lots of wins, lots of quality innings, all of it. His oblique gives way. Same same, uh, same series. Gung Young Kim is injured. And same series. They need innings from Carlos Martinez. He goes out there, has one of the worst first innings of any Cardinal pitcher ever. And there's one thought as he's pitching that they might just let him wear I mean, it might get bad. Like they might he might just have to wear it. And it got so bad that they had to remove him. So their their need to cover those innings left over by Carlos and their inability to then have somebody ready to move into the rotation for either of the other two pitchers. They come back, they face Cincinnati, and they're swept. They just never caught up to the innings. They just couldn't catch up to them. And now what what had become two injuries now becomes this domino effect that runs all their pitchers out, exhausts them all, makes them thin, thins the bullpen, thins the rotation, and they played catch-up the rest of the month of June while the Brewers, who are like, well, we really have a problem at shortstop, makes their move for Adamas and goes gangbusters and wins the division. Cardinals were never really in the division after that. So is there an Adamas move for a starter? 
that's my long way of offering up a reminder of what happened last year, but also the way the Brewers seized the division was to identify and move, and the Cardinals identified and waited. And that's been the track record of of those two teams over these recent seasons. So I'm sure there is. I don't don't get the sense that they are ready to to shift those gears yet. Um, Mm. It sounds like there's a lot of hope that Matt's comes back and hope that Flaherty's ready to go. And again, if that works, that's great. Still four weeks. But you better do a lot of treading before you before you get that. And that's that's kind of why to me, do something in the middle. Um, go get a guy who might be able to uh, you know, match up well with your team and kind of get that Wade LeBlanc guy, just get him sooner rather than when uh, you're already going down that road too far. So yeah, I don't know. Um, the the Cardinals. I think it's 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 not saying too much to say that Stephen Matz is might be the guy who makes or breaks this team. He was their biggest free agent addition. Um, he got the longest amount of commitment. He talked a lot in spring about wanting to be that guy who could give innings, um, break that that idea that he's a limited pitcher, that he's not a guy who can go upwards of two hundred innings. And so far, he's been a below average pitcher who's been hurt. And that's kind of the track record he's been trying to get away from. So if they're doubling down on their Matt's bet, saying we can buy time until this guy comes back, and he comes back and doesn't produce and doesn't carry, and they've made, you know, they've used up their, their wiggle room to, to basically double down on a guy who can't post on the stretch, that's going to be twice as bad mm-hmm. because you've given up your, you've given up your, your, your ability to weather that storm. And then if those guys don't carry you, late then you've basically done yourself in twice so i hate to put too much pressure on one guy but i mean you tell me i don't get the sense that they're queuing up to make a massive trade for a top line starter it doesn't feel like if they're do if they are they're doing a good job of uh, of, of of spinning it the other way well they yeah and that's sort of their mo too no pun intended i mean they 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 have done that where they misdirect sure. um and then make the move um they're not they've not been a team to jump the market during a season not since really mark DeRosa, um and that was a june move that was so obvious that they were going to make it 2009 and it was so obvious that they were going to make it and that it was a fit and that cleveland was trying to move on that it just it you just could telegraph that it was going to happen now is uh you know is oakland in that spot do you know where oakland's going um, it's really been fascinating. You could make the argument that the American League has already kind of separated itself as far as the teams that are going to the playoffs and the teams that aren't, which isn't what markets from the teams that aren't going to want. They don't want to know in you know June first no, that the, a good year for me. especially with expanded playoffs, you don't want it to to be clear by June first that you're out of it. But does that free up some of these trades to maybe move ahead? You know, it's I don't know. Um, the, the Cardinals' level of urgency has always been one that we question because they're always fearful of paying the top price. And that could be because, you know, they are shy after the Cecil money where they jumped the market. Um, not quite sure what trade it was that would have, that they feel like they didn't get the better of. Um, you know, because, I mean, within a in season. season yeah, in season. Within season. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think you may maybe go back to the Westbrook Brook trade, 
where Kluber was a part of that deal and the Padres orchestrated that three-way deal and the Cardinals felt pulled into it because their need was enough and their surplus of outfielders was enough. Um, So they didn't really orchestrate that trade. They were the beneficiary of it because they got Westbrook. Um, But Kluber was in that deal and we saw how that worked out going to Cleveland. So, um, you know, I, I don't know, but I do know that like if you're to follow the blueprints of what won the division last year, it does seem deja vu all over again. Can it, is it fair to question that the actions here could determine the Cardinals' true interest in winning the division? I mean, you have an expanded postseason. The Cardinals, as of today, have a 50-plus percent chance of making the postseason where things stand. Mm. Um, that, that maybe this is, uh, this is a sign of do what you need to do to make the expanded postseason. Worry about the team that you're taking into that postseason closer to the trade deadline. Versus yeah. making a proactive move that you feel like gives you a better chance to win the division. Yeah, it could be it could be a referendum on whether or not they think it's all that big a deal to win the division anymore because that one game playoff is off. Now it's a series, so and does home field advantage mean all that much? Um, you know, does have like getting here anyway? <laughs> I've heard, but they like pitching here, and pitching is what we're talking about. Who would like pitching here? Probably Dallas Keuchel. I think would like pitching wow. here. In front of this, in, I don't know. Maybe he's uh, maybe he's toast, but uh, he didn't he really has. seem like the Cardinals were rushing to evaluate. I, that's the vibe I got. That they were like, oh, well, he's there. They weren't saying he's toast, but they they were not citing his uh, his 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 advanced uh, metrics they, off the top of their heads. They weren't doing the deep dive. Was, into they're too busy digging into to the A's pitching staff. That's probably what it was. Or Woodford, who. <laughs> Jake Woodford. What happened to Jake Woodford? There was like multiple seasons where he was like, if you ask John Mosellock, who who are people not talking enough about? Who do we need to Woodford? Be? It was Jake Woodford Jake every Woodford, time. Jake Woodford, Jake Woodford, Jake Woodford. And now it's like when he's here, he, they don't let him pitch, and then he's the first pitcher they want to send out. Everybody can get a start. Packy Naughton, God bless him, can get a start before Jake Woodford. What what am I missing here? Well, and he and was a big Ollie, part of the run last year. He goes, he was huge down the stretch for them yeah, last year. Yeah. Didn't get uh, Andrew Kisner said it best at spring training. He goes, here's the deal about Jake. He said everyone wants to talk about Wade LeBlanc and John Lester and Hap and all those guys, and they, what they did was awesome. He goes, why doesn't anybody talk about Jake Woodford? He goes, this guy was just as important to what we did yeah. down the stretch as those guys. Yet nobody, it's like nobody Great remembers point. it. And I think it's because he came out of the bullpen. And then he jumped in, but it, it was it was as if he didn't get credit collectively for what that what that group of pitchers did. And now it's like he kicked somebody's dog or something. Like I don't get like I, I'm missing what happened because at spring training it was adamant that Woodford was a part of this. Woodford was in he the pitched mix, well, and he had a fine spring. So I'm, I'm confused as to what happened where he has not gotten a chance to start if it's like if he was in like the Palante spot where he's like almost more valuable coming out of the bullpen and they're using him so much and he's giving you starter type innings compared to like a Hicks but you just don't want to you don't want to commit him to a routine I get that but with Woodford I get that they don't like some of the numbers but Ali himself has said the production has been there for the most part. I don't get it, man. That one has me stumped. I think it's a window into how they're evaluating pitchers. I think, oh, I know, more and more when they look at a pitcher, they also look at the quality of the stuff and that they feel they can 
put a number, as a lot of teams do, with the uh, knowledge uh, you know provided by Rapsodo, based here in St. Louis. You know, spin rates and high spin rates, and what that means, and quality of pitch construction. What does a curveball look like? How much spin does it have? How much depth does it have? What what is the perceived velocity of these pitches? I think we got a real window into the Cardinals' emphasis on stuff. And Woodford is again and again and again the example of that. And think back to spring training. He and Verhagen are going toe-to-toe right for that fifth starter spot right they're going to open the season in in Jack Flaherty's place until all of a sudden neither of them are but who had the edge who who did they want to name fifth starter they were 45 minutes away from naming him fifth starter Verhagen, Verhagen. Yeah. and what was it that I mean he was getting results but what was it that they were basing that on was they think that he had pitches that they could better utilize they thought he had the stuff to bring the pitches down a little bit, not rely so much on that four seam, utilize that sinker, adjust how he pitched because the stuff was there. All I mean, he has some of the best spin rate going. You know, like his curveball is way up there with the best curveball in the clubhouse as far as the metrics go. And they're like, we got to use that, unleash that, and that's the guy. And then when it came time to name a fifth starter, as you reported and had the nose for, who do they go with? They went with Hicks. And why? Because of his. Well, they went with Hicks in part because Verhagen, uh, for well, lack of fell apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bleeped the bed. And well, it, yeah, yeah. They she, were going to. But that's also part but of. But what did they side with? They didn't side with any track record as a starter. No, they went. They with didn't Hicks's, even set Hicks's pitch stuff. Yeah, his stuff. So again, you know, Woodford had pitched well, performed well. But at the last minute, they're like, we're going to side with the stuff. You know, and again, this past week, you know, Woodford has pitched well. He's pitched well, and, you know, and then he gets sent down. And what's the reason? It's the stuff. And who who remains here? Verhagen in a prime role, you know, in a growing role. Whitgren in a role where they say, where they were clearly sending him a message that you need to do better. But it's, again, they, they, they chose stuff. You know, it's it's like the old decision where, like, how's this guy getting outs? He throws 89. I don't know, but he's getting outs. Well, let's get rid of him to get the guy who throws 95. Yeah, but does the guy who throws 95 throw strikes? Who cares? He throws 95. And then the guy comes up here, walks the bases loaded, and you lose. Meanwhile, the guy who throws 89 is in the minors still getting outs. Yeah. And it's I, stuff. I think you got to – stuff is good, and you've – I'm pro – Analytics and tracking all of this data, and that's great. But you also have to think about the stuff between the years, too. And Woodford is pretty composed. He is. And to me... And he works fast. To me, he, he he's deserved, ground balls. deserved a shot at this thing. Um, Verhagen is not as composed. He might, have the, he might have the tools. But there's a reason that this guy has not made a single start for this team. After making more starts than anybody in spring, they went they went above and beyond to describe Verhagen as having a chance to start swingman, maybe more. Same thing with Brooks, and neither of these guys have made a start mm-hmm. for this team. Woodford has made starts for this team and was part of the reason that it got to the playoffs yeah. last year. And he's MIA right now, um, and he's riding the shuttle. It's a it's a strange uh, pivot on their their plans for him. 
and and maybe it works in his favor because maybe if he does get that chance, he's just gonna use it to just shove and say, yeah. "You guys could have been having this the whole time." Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I, I, you can't get too far down this list of options here before you give him an opportunity. And well, evidently, they can. Can I just say this? I don't want to be like Mister like negative, but I'm sorry. I'll just say it. Miles Michaelis, Adam Wainwright, Dakota Hudson, and Matthew Libertore for your four solid guys. There's some concern there. Like it's not the four no concern guys, and then hoping this thing rounds into form. Like one of these guys could have some issues. Any of them, you know, you got a guy who's brand new. You got a guy who's coming off an. In- you got two guys who are coming off of injury. You're now running miles to the red line mm-hmm. because you're craving innings. You know, you're asking him to eat innings in a terrible loss because he just has to. He's your best performing pitcher, and you're throwing on extra work on him mm-hmm. um, because you have to. I mean, Wainwright has been has been solid, but you we all know that every time he goes out there, he's fighting Father Time. So this idea that all those guys are just set in stone that's not the case and here we are talking about starting pitching in june once again, again in june it's not exactly um this is not the 60 game season anymore you know this is a this is a long grind of a season things are going to go wrong the cardinals again are being snake bit by this trend that they have where they build this pitching staff with just the notion that everything's going to go right and they are so reluctant to build any sort of what if it doesn't, or and they and they really have have just almost always talked themselves out of putting too many guys in the spot and having to make hard decisions. They they they, mm-hmm. they map it out as they want it to go, and then when it goes wrong, they want to throw up their hands and say, "Well, how could this have happened?" Well, because you didn't do enough. Yeah, and here we are again. So we can both agree that the most mysterious. Part of the pitching is Woodford's role. What has been the most discouraging part of the pitching that you've seen? Has there been um, a part of the pitching staff that hasn't performed up to expectations? I've been, I guess I can, I don't want to flip it on you. No, I've been, I'm going to flip I, it next. I'm going to ask the impressive oh, part okay. last. Yeah. Um, I am watching that walk rate, I think continue to start to climb up is to me red flag big time because that was something that again reminds of last season where it kind of started and then it almost became you know this is a bad analogy given the pandemic times but it was almost contagious it was Mm. just it's like it just spread yeah and they talked about that they said one guy tries to one guy walks a bunch and the next guy goes out there and goes oh man i can't walk people and all of a sudden starts walking people and then it becomes like a self-confidence issue i mean wainwright spoke about that he said we need something like i can't remember what we need a reset switch to get our confidence back because it's becoming you know it's too much part of what put out the fire was guys who just came in and said i'm gonna throw a strike and they, LeBlanc. they hit it, so be it. But they're not. I'm not going to walk. They LeBlanced it. Yeah. Um, I, I think probably I, I, I had higher expectations for Dakota. Yeah. Um, and I still I'm not ready to jump off that yet. But he has not been as as forceful, as dominant, as aggressive, as assertive as I thought that he could be. I really thought that he was going to going to come into this thing ripping and roaring. The walks are what stand out because you know after one of his starts, I asked. You know, Oliver Marmol, I said, what if this is just who 
Dakota is because you know before the injury he was pitching well, but he also had some pension. Yeah, nibbling. He also had some pension for walks or some games where there are high walk rates. And I was like, what if this is just who he is in games? And you know, you, you look at his stuff and it should be more. You look at his ability, and it should be more. But what if it's just that's who he is? And more also than he's not a starter. Um, now this team needs him to be a starter, and this team needs him to be a quality start monster. He doesn't have to go out and be an all-star or go out and vie for the Cy Young. His singular pitch is good enough to do that, but he does have to throw it for a strike, um, and he needs to be more in the zone. He can't. He's not a guy who can walk folks and then get strikeouts. He's a guy who walks people and then gets ground balls, and if those ground balls get through, all of a sudden now the rally's on. But if they go to the right person, then it's a double a double play. So he becomes this batting average balls and play pitcher. That that's not who he. That's not enough to remain a starter. He needs to not give away free passes to get in that bind. Um, so who has then been the most impressive? Well, that one's easy. Miles has been a rock star for this team, and to the point where he's, you know. He's saying, just leave me in and I'll eat it if I have a bad day. But he doesn't have very many bad days. So mm-hmm. um, innings, uh, stuff, ability to throw all of his pitches. He looks like the guy we saw become an all-star. Yeah, And I think it's fair to say a lot of people, myself included, wondered if he was, could be that guy anymore. Could he stay healthy? Could he, could he get back to attacking? And now he is. And he looks confident. His stuff is good. And, and he's – he looks – I mean, he's a – He's a guy who is not talking about being a workhorse, and doing, he's actually doing he's it. Just doing it. <laughs> he's just doing it. He's just yeah. doing, it. and he's built to do it. I mean, he's a big, strong, athletic guy, and uh, he's been he's been wonderful for these guys. So that's been that's been very impressive. And they would be they'd be in a bad spot without him. Is, does Libertor have staying power? From what you've seen, two starts in, Hard to say. one unplanned start, but his most impressive start in five scoreless innings. Hey, if you can give five scoreless innings for this team, you're not going anywhere. So, I well, think, against the Brewers, yeah, against the team that is uh, leading this division. So, yeah, I think you're starting to see um, see what the what the Cardinals see in him, and if he keeps doing that, he won't be going. He won't be going anywhere, and they're not gonna they're not gonna jerk him around. Um, no. But they're also not gonna let him get clobbered either. Um, so if it turns, they're gonna they're not they're not gonna let him get his confidence crushed here. So, but I don't think that uh, I don't think we've seen enough to know for sure. But I think we've seen some good signs, and and right now they need him. So he's it's not a hey enjoy this. It's hey come help us because we it's a spot of need. So I've been impressed by him. I've been impressed by all these young guys, man. Um, we talked to Ali about that. A little bit earlier in this week, like these guys come up, and there's uh, I mean, it's one thing the Cardinals do so well is they prepare these kids, mm-hmm. and they come up knowing that if they do the right things, they'll get an opportunity. And I think Ali is doing a good job of throwing them into the fire. Mm-hmm. They're not coming up and then sitting and sitting and sitting. They're coming up and playing. It maybe not is not every day, but they're getting in the mix. They're getting a chance to get their feet on the ground, and they're they're they've got a good vibe going from you know Yepes to. To to Lib to Gorman, I mean these guys are confident. And Brendan Donovan, I think there's kind of a contagiousness to that. So mm. there are some cool components to this team. Um, you know, Goldschmidt is looking like an MVP. Nolan Arenado's got to get going, but they have a they have a, a good energy. I think I like that Ali is following through on what he said of using 
a bigger group of guys over the course of the season. I mean, mm-hmm. he's we're seeing guys play at different spots. We're seeing him do what he said he was going to do, use the matchups as best he can and explain it, and he's being direct, and guys know that if they're not playing well for the most part, they're going to lose some opportunities. They, they have some good vibes going, mm-hmm. um, but they have this this – hole in their game right now and it's growing and it's these this inning issue last year when they arrived in june and they had the innings issue they again sided with stuff they had woodford there they had the front office had talked about how he would was done with triple a had proved all he needed to do and you know he was there but they didn't want to build his arm strength on the go so they turned to stuff they went to johan oviedo who had top shelf stuff but also was undone by walks. And they trotted him out there over and over and over again. And in some of those games, he put the bullpen in a bind that then cost him the next day and so on. And, you know, he still has the... He still has a lot of promise. Oviedo does. Do you think they have all learned from that experience when it comes to how they'll approach Libertor? Well, I think that they treat different prospects differently. Mm. Um, And this is not specific to the Cardinals, but they would not let a prospect as highly ranked as Libertor get crushed like Oviedo did. Hmm. Part of the reason Oviedo's in that spot, I think, is because they say, hey, there's a guy who can, if he wears it, then, you know, certain prospects are are more expendable than others, I think, in the eyes of a team. Hmm. I hate to say that. It sounds very crass. But, uh, I mean, I don't think they like would. they're precious gems and they're not only to be shown in, or they're to be catered velvet glove kind of stuff? I think different guys get get different Jeez. types of introductions yeah. am i wrong there no you're not wrong um so I, I would like to see i mean i don't i i i'll be honest i know oviedo has not had a super season in the minors so far um he's been up and down up he's and had down. some good and some bad yeah. i would like to see him get another shot at some point i think it's the to me if the cardinals the cardinals threw him into the fire last year and basically just left him in it um Maybe they should consider seeing if he can give him a spot start. Kind of the least they could do after letting him get just thrown into the the, the vacuum last year, and maybe see if uh, he can he can give you one good start. It's quite a visual that you of, into the I mean, vacuum of space, but you're right. They, I mean, they, that's they what just, it was. They just they just, they just railroaded They're him like, and just let him breathe out there in it. Yeah. And then kind of after this season, it was like, well, we really need to see more from him. And then you never hear from him yeah, again. And it's man. like, I don't know, man, that guy. He's an impressive athlete. He has good pitches. He needs to control it better. And they said at spring training, well, we really want to see him prove it as mm-hmm. opposed to the Cardinals came as close as they will to admitting that they just uh, put him in a very bad spot. Yeah. And But now there's a need again. And if he could string together some impressive starts in the minors, I know he's had some good, some bad, but – I mean, this fifth spot as as it stands until Matt's get back, until Flaherty gets back. I mean, Packy Naughton going once through the lineup. You just can't tell me that that maybe Oviedo couldn't couldn't give you that or not, if not better. Yeah. So I'd like to see him. You know, I'm glad you brought him up because I I don't think he's I don't think he's necessarily done. Yeah. Um, but uh, I do wonder if he's done here. I don't know. Maybe he's part of the trade that gets the maybe. next starter. Maybe he's part of the. Maybe he's the guy with the years and controls. Who, and who else is in that mix? Um, you know, Lars Newbar, I think could could be mm-hmm. in that mix. Uh, Zach you know, Thompson. 
if they don't think he can pitch for him. Yeah. yeah. If Alec Burleson doesn't get a look and he's crushing it in right. Memphis and he's slugging 600, he's killing righties. Um, he's slugging 600 against righties. If they're not going to move on, move off of Corey Dickerson um, and give this kid a shot, then yeah. then maybe they've made up their mind. I don't know. I mean, to me, that's the kind of guy you got to give a shot to if you're talking about not wanting to trade guys away yeah. that you don't know what they can do. Then find a way to either get them a look or or. But there are some guys. I mean, this idea that the Cardinals like to say, well, they can't make a trade because they can't give up their top prospects. They have prospects that are not their top prospects that they could deal to mm-hmm. add a pitcher. Yeah. Delvin That's... Perez has been displaced at shortstop at Double A by Mason Wynn, yeah, who is maybe the Mason latest. Wynn can pitch. We haven't talked. What if Mason Wynn could? Start? Well, he could. Man, he's doing pretty well as a hitter from the shortstop. Can you shift? Can you pitch from shortstop? Is that yeah. allowed? Yeah, and and hit. That would be so He's cool. hidden, but just leave the mound, shift off the mound, leave it vacated. Really, pitch from shortstop. I really get the sense that Mason Wynn is kind of the next untouchable guy, but he's displaced Delvin Perez, who's now utility role, somewhat of a maybe double A jerks and Profar, who's here with San Diego. While we're talking about it, I mean, maybe there's a team that wants that. Uh, Let me kind of throw one one crazy one at you. Sure, Tyler O'Neill. Oh yeah, that's not so crazy for Marco Gonzalez. <laughs> If I could turn back time, if they're going to turn back time, can they get Sandy back? <laughs> I'd prefer Alcantara. Not to, no, no offense to Marco wow. um, O'Neill, though. Just, just Maybe. saying. And no, it's not. You're, you're not. You're not wrong, Russ. Is that the phrase? <laughs> did, did I did I nail it there? I don't know if I did. I'm not good with the movie lines. But who's your pitcher? Who do you want? What what Oakland A? Do you want? Uh, I don't. I don't. You know what? That's a great question, and I'm going to show that I didn't really prepare to answer that question. I don't have a feel for that yet. I know that the A's will shot Montas, right? Okay, that's fine. Um, that's good. You know, Bassett, Chris Bassett was a would have been a good play. Be a little awkward first day. What do you mean? The whole. Uh... Oh yeah, now. Well, no, I'm <laughs> I'm saying he's with the Mets, so yeah. that's. I mean, he would have been a really good fit for this team. Um, you know, I I don't know. That's that that to be. You know, that we're recording this on May thirty first on the eve of June. That honestly is something that's like okay, that's this June. Try to start well, thinking around. We know which teams are out of it already, so we can yeah, start looking know, at who could be traded. Probably sh- probably should, man. Um, it says this is to I me. Mean, Wade Miley is hurt, but that would be a really interesting move, right? Like he, he's you know if he comes back. With the Cubs, that'd be a really. I mean, obviously they acquired him, they picked him up off waivers because they had the money to do so, and they could flip him for somebody. I don't think a trade between the Cardinals and the Cubs is going to happen, but it would be that kind of deal that would be fascinating. That's the feel this has. As the Cardinals are saying, okay, we got some good news on Mats. We think he's going to be back relatively soon. Buy more time. We can have some time here, but let's start looking at and who who we might be able to move to get. Yeah. But I, that's how that's. Based off of time spent covering the Cardinals, which you have much more than I do, that's the vibe it is. It's like they're they're going to start looking, but they're not acting now. Right. I, w- I would like to see do some teams get into a real bind where they're not going to make the expanded playoffs and it looks like they're not really built for the future. Like, what do the Phillies do? The Phillies are not getting much performance from the big guys that they signed. They're going to wait, though. They're, gonna, they're not going to they're not going to blow it up early are they no but that's what i'm saying is that what's the option there um you know i don't where where are the white Sox in you know in a few weeks you know do they look differently at their pitching 
Um, you know, obviously they're trying to scramble a little bit. Do they look differently at their whole team? Um, I, I, I think that it's you're you're going to have an Angels team that looks like it's on the precipice a little bit, but they'll be active if they can be in trying to acquire pitching because they that, they need to get that team to the playoffs. They that 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 group has to be there. But do you have uh, an appreciation for? Why the Cardinals were so reluctant to trade for a starter this past winter when the name Nolan Gorman came up? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, now, could they have traded for pitching with not named Nolan, Nolan Gorman? Yes. <laughs> Which that part seems to get left out a lot. I can totally see why they... But you can see why teams asked about Nolan Oh, heck Gorman. yeah. Um, it was funny talking to Whitgren the other day. He's like, yeah, in the dugout, in the bullpen, we're not used to seeing any balls go over our heads at Bush Stadium. And now Nolan Gorman has done it, I think he did it twice through seven games at Bush Stadium. Yeah. He's done it twice. Um, that twice was, in the span of like five swings. The, the bat is loud. And that's you you prioritize that, especially because this team struggles against right-handed pitching and you figure the rest out. Mm-hmm. Whether it's his future is the DH or whether his future is in left field and you figure that out later or, or whatever. Or he's just going to be kind of a a risky second baseman, figure it out. But uh, the bat plays, and he has a good approach. He is—he's mature, man. He's got a—he seems a little older than than his age, and he's extremely confident. So it's impressive to watch him, and you can see what the hype is about. Is he has he impressed you defensively? Where do you think he is defensively? What does he have to give? He's a risk. What do you have? What does he have to give you offensively? He has to give you more. Good offense than he does bad defense. Yeah. I mean, it's just when he hits, when he goes four for four and hits, you know, three two out or two strike hits in a game you win and makes two errors, you you don't forget about the errors, but you say that's the combination. And right now today it worked. If it if it's if it's a bunch of games where it doesn't work, mm-hmm. then you readjust. But uh, he doesn't look like he's ready to win a Gold Glove at second base. So he has an arm that can help him, which is interesting, and he's getting better, and we see him work, and we see him make adjustments, very impressive adjustments at the plate where he realized, look, you know, this this is a level where if you have a hole, they're going to continue to exploit it until you close it. They're not going to make mistakes to go back in to where you're comfortable. Um, I want to ask you two last co- topics here. Um, do you think – you mentioned Hap earlier. He retired. Andrew Miller retired. Uh, John Lester retired. Wade LeBlanc retired. Um, you know, Matt Carpenter was not in the majors until recently. Now re-signing with the Yankees. His beard retired. His beard retired. Um, you go around the the roster of the guys who became free agents at the end of last season, and the Cardinals did not re-sign. And does it say anything about their? Roster construction that only Matt Carpenter is in the majors, that so many of the players aren't in baseball at all, that they retired. Does that say anything at all about sort of how they spackled together the roster last year and what it says about their organization's ability to provide what they need? I think it speaks to the Cardinals' kind of plan, which we've seen for multiple years now, where they build their team and they kind of treat their team as <laughs> kind of like 
was the those little paper boat races mm-hmm. where you build your team, you know, they spin wax it, it yeah. and then they push it out to sea, and it's like, all right, that's the team. Yeah. And it's like, well, you might, you know, blow from this <laughs> from the side of the pond. Yeah. But you're not getting in the water and like I mean the brewers are like, oh, we're gonna swim next to our boat and like <laughs> you know, yeah. we're gonna put on some some touches as we go. And the Cardinals are kind of more of like build it and send it out to sea and you know, they've kind of spackled is a good term. You know, you put some things on it, maybe easy tack ons as you go, but they're not drastically changing at least they have not in years drastically change the direction of their team um, with moves. Yeah. So that's that's what because those guys were all relatively easy to get, available. Um, Short commitments. Yeah. And and also I think it speaks to, there's two things, it speaks to those guys' willingness to come here. Um, Oh, interesting. You know, if you're if you're the Royals, mm-hmm. like I don't know that that John Lester is like, yeah, I'll give it. Yeah, okay, no, that's fair. Yeah. I'll waive my trade clause yeah, yeah, to like yeah, go. That's fair. The Cardinals have a well, Lester didn't have a no trade okay. clause. Yeah, somebody who does, or yeah. you know, or if you're just gonna, if if you're Dallas Keuchel, and the Cardinals call, you're probably more likely to say yes versus if you're, I don't know, uh, you know, give me the terrible the Reds, Baltimore, the Reds right now, right, Reds. because you know what do you what do you know about the Cardinals? Great fans. Uh, packed stadiums they're always kind of in it yeah. you never know you might get on a world series team you just don't know i mean yeah. that's how p- the ball players are aware of that yeah yeah and and i think that's more appealing still than, yeah. than some so i think that's it's twofold right and you're the perfect and that could be a strength like i'm not i'm not saying yeah, it's a no, negative you flipped like it. you flipped it if on you're me. kind of like the team where a bunch of guys who maybe have one more shot they want to go then that can be that can be an advantage. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I I I didn't know what direction you would take that question. I just I've been kind of kicking it around, thinking like how to ask it and how to think about it. I just found it fascinating that like so many of the players that they moved on from um, either moved on from baseball and retired, or baseball moved on from them and they don't have a role. Um, I just I find that interesting. Does that mean that the Cardinals had them too late in their career, or that? But it's the commitment. Commitment's a big part of it because the Cardinals didn't want to upset their their viewpoint for the future by adding on somebody who would be around for it. So that's 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 part of it. But you you make a great point that they're attractive to players like that in their age. They're the Cardinals. I think view older players more appealingly than some teams. Sure, because some of their best players are some of their older players. Yeah, and that's, absolutely. That's been the case for years now. Yeah, yeah, you're right. All right, so then last thing. In college football, what's the phrase for, is it movement Saturday? I, I was asking this question on Bernie Miklas's show here locally in St. Louis. What's the phrase, you know how they have all these nicknames for Saturday, rivalry Saturday. What is there like one that's like movement Saturday, like the the where they where the opportunities are all there to move up the rankings? What's the name of that? I don't know. Is there, Gosh, is there a name? Yeah, I've I've heard it. Like, or maybe it's in college basketball that I hear it. But there's like like there's a bunch of games, and when like three of the top ten teams lose. Right. And yeah. Yeah. Like or something along those to, lines. Yeah, yeah. Or like or like some of the top teams are playing. Now it's going to get wrecked. Right. Yeah. 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 There's there's and there's a chance to either move ahead or for it all to come crumbling down and new people to move in. Like okay. We'll call it Movement Saturday. Okay. All right. Because this is Movement June for the the Cardinals. The the Brewers have had a more an easier schedule to start the season. They've played the Pirates, they've feasted on the Reds. They're now playing the Cubs. As May comes to a close, they have had 
one of the easier schedules, and they have taken full advantage of it. The Cardinals, meanwhile, have or will be are already done with the Mets, who are running away with the NL East. They are already done with the Giants, which is a quality team. They they don't face them again. Um, whereas the Brewers still have these games ahead. The Cardinals get to this point with about the same run differential that the Brewers do. Now, a lot of that is thanks to some games against the Pirates and some blowouts and the blowout against the Giants. So two games have really elevated their run differential. But that's still credit where credit's due. The Cardinals have gone through a harder schedule, and the standings reveal that in the records. But they've played it to the about the same run differential. The Cardinals' June is rich for them to make a move up the standings. They have nine games against the Cubs in June. They have a homestand with Cincinnati and Pittsburgh coming to town. And then they close out that the month with a homestand against the Cubs and the Marlins. This is and the, they play the Brewers, too. And they yeah. play the Brewers. They yeah. play in Milwaukee. And they play Boston. They got hard ALEs, I mean, Tampa like, Bay. If you but, just look at the division. Right, just the division. Um, the, the, the June is ripe for the movement of the Cardinals to take advantage. And that brings us back to where we started this, was is can they make that move, or are they just going to repeat last June? And because they can't make the move this month – this is where the Brewers win the division. Well, let me flip it into a question for you. What's the easiest way to lose to the Pirates, the Reds, and the Cubs? Not have the pitching in the previous series. To have your starter give up four runs in the first inning. To go to Tampa. To go into a three-game series with one of those teams, and your first two starters give you three innings apiece. Yep, absolutely. that's how you lose to bad teams when you have bad pitching. The way this month comes undone is they go to Chicago – and they take three of five or four of five at Wrigley in a rigorous um, series where they throw every bit of pitching they have. And then they go to Tampa, and they're like, man, we need a quality start just to bring balance to the force. And they don't get it, and they spend their time in Tampa scrambling through transactions, through bullpen use. Verhagen's throwing five innings one day just trying to wear it. And they come back home to face Cincinnati, and Cincinnati takes advantage. That's that's what happens. And gloats in, in pushing the Cardinals down, because yeah. that's the that will be their World Series. Tommy Pham <laughs> dances around the bases. Oh, man. Tommy Pham, Jock Peterson's the Cardinals down the standings. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. No, I, totally fair and absolutely right. Cardinal Nation, I hear it from a lot. The Brewers are a product of the schedule. They're paper soft. Okay. Fine. That's fine. Um, well, Time for the Cardinals, Cardinals to prove they can do the Cardinals same. Cardinals can, can beat up on the other bad teams in the division as well as the Brewers have. That was why the Brewers won the division last season. Look, and Willie Adamas. Look, yes. Look at their record against the Pirates and look at the Cardinals. Yeah. That's the division. That, that's the division last right season. there. So it's, yep. a great, it's a great way to frame it. And, um, you know, if it works out where the Cardinals – are just okay with being second in the division and taking a wild card series and see what happens. Maybe it works out, but that's that would be not learning from what happens. Is it advancement season. Saturday? Is that what they call I it? I don't know this phrase. I, I'm embarrassed to. All these, like, they they nickname all these Saturday. Maybe I did. Is it like a NASA? You think like a racing? Like a, no, I, I hear it like they. 
you know, like Rivalry Weekend. It's like I, I just for a while there it was like they had a nickname for every someone in their car is like screaming like you idiots, it's this, yeah, it's yeah, this. Yeah. I don't really know. I gotta look. I mean, I went to a basketball school, so I don't, I don't really know. Oh, no, I went to a wrestling school. I went, went to, to a, a wrestling school. I went to a wrestling gymna- school. Increasingly a gymnastics and a softball school. And a softball school. Yeah, definitely and a wrestling golf? school. Mizzou won the disc golf national championship. So mm-hmm. shout out to the Mizzou disc golf team. Was it their first national championship since '54? <laughs> uh, I think they probably won something in like chess or something once. Who wins a championship first, Cleveland? With the with the Guardians or Mizzou baseball, because oh, it's about the same era. Can Mizzou get a half championship share if Tony Vitello wins? Yes, yes, yeah. Remember when Mizzou baseball could have hired Tony Vitello? I do. I remember it very vividly. Yeah. Look at this. <laughs> All right. So advancement June. June is on the horizon. June was a defining month for the Cardinals last season um, because they needed a 17 game winning streak to overcome. The, what they lacked in June, which was pitching, pitching, pitching. They start this month encouraged by the returns on some of their starters and the idea that they might get Matt's back soon and they might get Flaherty back at some point before the first half of the season ends. Can they outrun their pitching need in June and take advantage of the schedule? That's the question, and that will be what we watch. And then we'll have a podcast and talk about it. Who will make a start first for the Cardinals this season? Dallas Keuchel or Jake Woodford? Or Drew Verhagen? Or Jack Flaherty? Stay tuned. <laughs> That's Ben Fredrickson, St. Louis Post-Dispatch sports columnist, the man of many podcasts, many videos, and one chat a week every Tuesday at stltoday.com. You can find all of his work at stltoday.com and all the Constant Cardinals coverage there and in the pages of the Post-Dispatch. The best podcast in baseball is brought to you weekly, weekly. I know weekly. I'm working on it weekly. I got some catching up to do, but weekly, weekly. And it's sponsored by Closets by Design. Really appreciate everybody listening to it. I really appreciate what you have allowed this podcast to become here in its 10th year. 10 years? Wow. Did you get a the podcast get a congratulatory tweet from the MLB Players Union for making ten years? <laughs> ten years of service time. No, I did not. Well, maybe maybe the podcast we, is a pension, yo. <laughs> maybe we haven't gotten to the specific date yet, but I look forward to your tweet uh, about the the tenth reaching service time. Yep, very proud moment. Your podcast, maybe we'll get merch. Yo, your podcast has coincided with the Cardinals World Series drought. Yes. Are you the reason? It's the inspiration. (laughs) I gotta go. All right. He's off to do one of his other 17 assignments. Thank you very much, Ben. You're welcome, man. Anytime. 